You're listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. This is a podcast where I listen to people from around the world offer their opinions, insights, and reflections on character depictions of characters similar to themselves. Something that I do on this podcast as a sign of respect is to allow each guest to introduce themselves in the way that they see fit. This allows them to take on any labels that they are happy with and also to take back their own story. Without further ado, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hello, my name is Heidi Hind. I um, grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I was surrounded by farmland and horse and buggies, and I was raised Mennonite, which is an Anabaptist and pacifist religion. I don't consider myself a practicing Mennonite anymore. However, uh, when I was about 19, I married an army ranger and became a military wife for the next seven years. Um, And once that relationship ended, I sold my car and quit my job and bought a plane ticket to Australia. Ten years later, I have two beautiful boys and a husband as well, who I met on my first school day here in Australia. And recently, I've also come out to my my husband as bisexual. So I will be discussing issues around culture, sexuality, and religion. Thank you so much for that really snapshot of who you are as a person. I can already see how there are so many intersecting parts that would influence your experience of the world in many different ways. With regard to media, do you feel that people like you, people who have had similar experiences to you, do exist in stories? Honestly, I have not had a lot of experiences with media representing people like me. And I guess when I say people like me, I would probably hone in on my childhood, being um, raised Mennonite in and in a rural area. And film and, and TV is probably the media that I um, ingest most, so um, can, can reflect on the most. Um, and probably the thing that I would um, touch on, um, again, from my childhood is I was such a tomboy. I feel like tomboys are really very common in society, but often in media are represented in a very narrow way. And I think those narrowing a character to, you know, stereotypes of a tomboy also influences the way people perceive people who are like that. So, you know, when I was growing up as a tomboy, um, I think I I did it because I liked being around the boys and I didn't relate so well to the girls. I didn't like getting dressed up and, you know, doing those things. I liked to build forts and get muddy and, you know, play in the dirt and those things. But I think people interpreted that as an an insight into my sexuality at a young age. And for me at that age, it had absolutely nothing to do with it. My revelation in terms of my bisexuality has only been um, in the past few years, to be honest, I've always known, even from a young age, that I found women attractive. But it wasn't until just recently that I was educated enough about bisexuality and what that means to know that there's no minimum qualification 
for being bisexual. You don't have to have had experiences. You don't have to have had, you know, this or that, you know, whatever it may be. You can be, you can identify yourself as bisexual at any level or in any way that you see fit. So um, it's been a hard one for him to come to understand my husband um, because it was not something that was on his radar when we met or mine really, but it's nice to be able to um, see myself in a more whole regard. But I honestly don't think it has much of anything to do with my being a tomboy. Like I said, um, being a tomboy to me was just um, what I enjoyed and, and had nothing to do with who I loved, I guess, or who I was attracted to. In media that I've seen, there does seem to be, in terms of sexuality, a lot of focus on your behaviour being a sign of what your sexuality is rather than actually it being an internal thing. Do you think it's possible to explore it in that way in film and television? I do. Yeah, I'm seeing much more representation of bisexual women um, in film and television, especially in Australia. I can give two examples just in the past few months. Um, Obviously, we've had our first bisexual bachelorette, Brooke, who is amazing, um, but also um, one of the young women who she was dating at the time talked about her bisexuality and how she's never been with a woman and how it would be the first time bringing a a woman home to her family and talking about that um, kind of hidden sexuality um, uh, and it being much more internalized for her that the person that Brooke was dating than it was externalized in her actions and things like that. She had never dated a woman, but she identified as bisexual. And again, on television here in the media, we have, um, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And our beautiful, fabulous Miss Australia winner, I believe she was Miss Australia. uh, She revealed on national television, she identifies as bisexual. So I thought that was fantastic. And I just, I love to hear women who aren't the traditional, I've always been like this, or I've known it forever, or yes, I've been with lots of women. Those women who are internalized and discovering for themselves without necessarily, you know, that, that action attached to it. So I do, I do see it. And I think that's increasing, which is good. It does seem like just having that representation has a really positive emotional response for you. Do you think it would be similar if you saw more stories about uh, girls growing up as tomboys or Mennonites in two parts? I'm I'm quite interested to know if you had seen media about those things growing up, how how you feel you might have responded and whether or not you feel the need for that now Mm -hmm. as an adult when you really seem to have a very full picture of you and I appreciate that the childhood you probably needed different things to the adult you. I have reflected on this quite a bit actually and that's part of the reason why I decided to come out to my husband um, was because I felt like when I was growing up if I had had any examples whatsoever of a uh, a non-traditional relationship anything other than a man and a woman or a woman I don't think I was ever exposed to anybody who was bisexual 
probably until my 20s, I would say. I don't think I knew anybody. And it doesn't mean that they didn't exist. I'm sure they did. But they were invisible in my community um, growing up. And so I think it was important for me and still struggling with how I intend to, to go through with it. But I think it's important for me to put myself out there in my own community where I grew up as an example to say there are other ways of existing. There are other ways of living. And just because you might feel different than the person sitting next to you doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You know, I just think, yes, there definitely needs to be a lot more representation. And I think not just in film and media, um, but in everyday life as well. I mean, your kids aren't on LinkedIn. They can't see your, you know, your LGBT badges and things like that. But I think it's important as a as an individual and as a professional anywhere I can now to let other people know that there's another way to be, I guess. Sounds like you're talking about being a role model. I hope to be. Um, I'm not quite sure, like I said, how that's going to come to fruition quite yet. I'm hoping to start a scholarship at my old high school, my grandfather's name, um, since he was into the teaching and, and um, I would love to support student travel. That's my, my goal would be to start a scholarship to support students to travel and explore and experience the world for themselves and potentially as part of that, make it known that there are people like me out there and there's nothing wrong with this. So it's a very religious area, I would say. But also, at the same time, I would also like to say that I found the Mennonite religion to be very accepting people, regardless of their identities. Do you feel that outside of your experience that other people perceive uh, Mennonites differently? Do, do you have much insight into people who have no experience? And what I'm getting at is everything they know really is from media, informed mm. from media some way. To be honest, I don't think there is much um, media on the Mennonite community. I think most, most of the focus is on the Amish community because they're so fascinating and absolutely they are fascinating. But I think most people don't, unless you're from that area or you've grown up around, you know, those types of, of churches, nobody has an idea what Mennonite is or what it means or what they do or what they believe. So I honestly, I don't think there is very much of media representation of, of Mennonite people. Mennonites run a real wide gamut. So just a little lesson for our listeners. Mennonites can be drive horse and buggies, just like Amish. The Mennonites in our area drive gray horse and buggies and wear coverings. They can also be called black bumper Mennonites, which means they drive cars, but the cars can't have chrome on them because chrome's too fancy. So they have to paint everything that's shiny black because that would be way too fancy to have something shiny on your car. Then there's like conservative Mennonites that they kind of dress in normal clothes and they kind of drive normal cars, but you can definitely identify them because they still wear the coverings. And then there's the Mennonites that, like me that grew up looking totally normal, driving normal cars and living just like everybody else. Um, so for me, in order to represent what it is to be Mennonite, would you would have to represent kind of that whole gamut of, you know, possibilities because it is so diverse. That's really interesting to hear and something I am hearing with almost every guest is really about the diversity within diversity in pretty much every situation. And I think 
so far, every guest has just made a really good point about how stereotypes, of course, they're very lazy. A stereotype is lazy and it is really reducing people to a single label. And as soon as you're doing that, you're invalidating the rest of the experiences within that label. I know I had heard the term Mennonite before I was in contact with you, but I'm fairly certain I didn't know what it was until I looked it up. And I would love to see stories about that. Stories are one of the most wonderful ways to learn about experiences that are different from the experiences that you have lived. And I would love a story that really shows that that broad spectrum within the community, really highlights how, how diverse it is, how many different ways you can still identify with that, that same label. I've got an interesting story for you if you've got the time. Yes, please. The Mennonites, they came from the Anabaptists in um, Switzerland um, and they were persecuted quite heavily um, in the Middle Ages, 1600s, 1700s, special courtesy of the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, and one of my ancestors, Hans, I've got to remember his name, Hans, I'm going to come back to it. He was a, a Baptist, he was an Anabaptist um, preacher. So he was a leader of, of his church community. And he was arrested for, bap- for baptizing adults because you're supposed to baptize babies. And that's what Anabaptists don't believe in baptizing babies. They want to leave it up to the individual to make that choice when they're old enough to make that choice. And so he was caught baptizing adults and arrested three different times, escaped every time. And on the final time, Hans Landis, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to get you his name. Hans was, um, he was beheaded in Zurich. And there is a plaque on the river in Zurich commemorating the spot where he was beheaded. And um, he is the last name in a book about martyrs called The Martyr's Mirror. And Hans is one of my ancestors. <laughs> yeah, Hans Landis, the martyr of Landis, was a notable Anabaptist, most, not, no, most famous Landis. He gained notoriety by being the last martyr in Switzerland to be executed for his religious beliefs in 1614. Long time ago. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience before we wrap this episode up? No. I'm sure I could go into lots of other details about lots of other things, but I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, I, I think you, you've covered a lot of really interesting different parts that, that are quite different. Those yeah, three, three things that are very different. All around for you. It, it really highlights how humans are complex and mm-hmm. you are more than one thing, you are more than two things and just everything comes together to make a really cool human being. Mm-hmm. And why can't characters and stories be like that too? Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and being on this podcast. Definitely, if you had more insights ever, you're always welcome back on the podcast for for a second episode, like maybe in a year or two down the track. (laughs) Opinion does change and perspective changes as, as we age, as we have new experiences and as we notice media changing. 
You've been listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, please head to my website, www.pagecrystalwilcox.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.